Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Well, here we are, another fantastic opportunity to talk with, talk with friends. Yay, friends. Yay. And as is our custom, we have been talking for a good long while, catching up, you know, uh, just checking in on how things are going in this new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2024. Um, you know, this year is going to be different than other years for so many, so many reasons. But see, are you one of those people that gets all gung-ho about the new year? No, I went to bed at 10, 10 o'clock. <laughs> I think I was in bed by, well, I was probably closer to 11. I was um, up until midnight. I was staying at a friend's house. And anytime I stay in a new place, um, it's hard for me to fall asleep real quick because different bed, different, you know, different yeah. setting. But, See, but, I, I, but I, go ahead. I just take in the new year, like um, <clears throat> that old uh, SNL skit lowered expectations right <laughs> there you go there you go Not really. well, but, but i just but what about the new year like do you set i mean we talked a little bit about this last time but yeah like, do you get all gung-ho about i'm gonna do all these different things this year and we're gonna set this set the stage and get all this on the right track i mean no i've met myself so <laughs> I am I am kind of of the same same thought. For me, it's if I want to make a change in my life, yeah, I don't have to wait till January first to do it. Yeah, literally, I could pick that moment in time, no matter the date, no matter the day of the week, no matter the time of the day. I can say, oh, I don't like this aspect of what I'm doing, the choices that I'm making. I'm going to choose differently. Yeah, yeah. and it could be in the middle of February or June or September or whenever. It doesn't have to be a January thing. And I think sometimes people get caught up in making New Year's resolutions or deciding I'm going to change in the new year instead of just, if you want to make a change, you can do it literally any day ever at all during the week. And I think for me, that's a more effective thing than picking a date on the calendar arbitrarily. Because, you know, the new year wasn't always December to January wasn't always the new year. <laughs> I mean, I still, I still think we should have 13 month calendar where every day is 28 days. That's my, I mean, that's my personal. There you go. Thought on but that. would it fall oh. well with the seasons? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know either. It would follow the cycles of the moon. Which, which is the lunar planets. calendar, which is what the right. Jews use. Right. I like yeah. that calendar. I'm for it. There you go. Yeah. Things shift. Along the solar calendar, which is what we use. Mm -hmm. I just like continuity. But yeah, I, I totally agree with you with uh, New Year's resolution stuff. Because I, I, so I have a little bit of a rebellious streak. What? And, and sometimes that even falls into myself. Of like, no one can tell me who to eat, what to eat, and what, when to exercise and forget you. Even though like, I'm the one who's telling myself to do it. But I'll be like, no, I do what I want. And so if I don't even like... <laughs> worry about those things you look at me so crazy right now but but you know and I just like I'm yeah like I said my my three things right from Romans 12 12 those are things that I'm going to be actively seeking but there were things that I was already already actively seeking yeah before you know yeah. 
So yeah. um, my thing is practicing mindfulness um, when I am not being faithful in prayer, when I am not being patient in tribulation, when I am not rejoicing in hope, right, to draw me back. But that's not a New Year thing. That's just a growth in Christ. Yeah, just happened to coincide. It just happens to. <laughs> the months as they fall. And I did go to the doctor today who tells me my blood pressure might, I might need medication for it soon if I don't stop eating salt. So, and then she gave me a diet plan, which includes like, you can have one half banana. And so I feel like dying a little bit inside currently, but you know, I guess the Lord and me will see it through. One half of a banana? Yeah. And I was like, what do I just throw the other one away? What are we made of money? Right. Share it with one of your children. Egg whites, but not the yolk. Blech. Sounds all like the a... Joy, all the joy and fun. Yeah. No butter, no cheese. <laughs> no. I no. will I will pray for no. you in that. These, I'll try these... to do it. I am, I am making being mindful to not add salt when I'm cooking. To have okay. other spices and not use table salt. And then to... Be mindful of uh, prepackaged food, foods, which I already don't eat that much prepackaged foods anyway. And, uh, you know, choosing the lower sodium option. I guess that's where I'm at right now. But fair. <laughs> Godspeed on that. I will be praying for, for that. Well, I we guess have, I as we've been talking, uh, <laughs> we're going to jump back a little bit into Nehemiah. And one of the things, uh, one of the uh, podcasts we actually listened to um, is also doing Nehemiah right now, which is kind of fun and, and intriguing. So kind of popping popping over to see what he, this gentleman says. But uh, one of the things that Amanda mentioned, and I um, I guess I probably knew at some juncture, but it definitely didn't occur to me, but that the book of Esther, even though it follows Nehemiah in the Bible, like you know Ezra, Nehemiah, mm-hmm. Esther, Job, actually chronologically fits before Nehemiah in the mm-hmm. context of the Persian Empire and kind of the the repopulation of the the captivity people the captives back to the promised land mm-hmm. uh more interesting information on that go 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 google it but in Esther you have Esther who becomes queen of uh, her husband King Xerxes I don't know if some of you guys might not know the story of Esther. I highly recommend. Sometimes he's called Darius, but either way. Right. Isn't he also called Darius? No, no, that's a different guy. See, I'm getting all these Persian Kings all mixed up. Yeah. This is a lot of Xerxes. And see, this is why, this is why it's so helpful when you're reading the Bible to have either maybe a study Bible or a Bible history sort of context, because we often assume that the way the Bible is written, Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, and so on, that it's chronological, that it's, you know, works in history from like a thousand to zero and then zero to a thousand or something like, you know, where you have the timeline and it doesn't work like that all the time. Mm -hmm. In addition, because of the differences in culture and language, you have some people referred, in fact, if you look at the book of Daniel, for example, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or the three friends of Daniel. Those were their Babylonian names. They also had Hebrew names. Azariah, Hananiah, and... Azariah, um, uh, no, Hananiah, and Zech... I don't remember either. It doesn't matter. 
But the point being, they're the Mishael. same people with different names, right? Because of yeah. whether it was the Hebrew name, the Babylonian name. Well, then you have the same thing with, with so Nebuchadnezzar conquers Jerusalem, conquers the southern kingdom, carries off like Daniel and Ezekiel off to captivity in Babylon. This is found in Second Kings. This is talked about by Jeremiah. Uh, you have a whole lot of history happening there. Well, they are in Babylon for about 70, give or take, years. When, as evidenced in Daniel, the Babylonians get conquered by the Persians. Persians is a kind of an up-and-coming civilization at this juncture. The Persians conquer the Babylonians. They take over. They have a different methodology. For the Persians, they don't care if you, they don't believe in captivity. They don't believe in bringing the best of the best from a conquered place. They say, go Jews, you can go back to your nation. And so some did, some did not, some stayed in Persia. And so you have Queen Esther's story with Xerxes, the king, who is famous uh, in the movie 300. He's the guy who goes and takes an army from Persia all the way to Greece. They get stuck at the gates of um Oh, and I'm blanking on the name, and I know this story so well. But anyway, he gets massively defeated in Greece, comes kind of comes back to Persia with his tail between his legs, ends up, uh, Esther is kind of involved in that history. Xerxes makes her queen after a, a mm-hmm. kind of a drawn-out beauty page- pageant, picks her as queen, and that's the story of Esther, and it's a really good story. I highly recommend reading it. Mm-hmm. Following up that story chronologically you then have the setting of nehemiah artaxerxes the king in the book of nehemiah is xerxes son Mm -hmm. and so if you don't know all of that extra biblical kind of historical stuff and because esther follows nehemiah you not might not realize that the history aspect and the chronology aspect are backwards a little bit. And there's lots of reasons as to why that is. Um, When they were putting the Bible together physically, like the physical Bible, Esther was its own scroll. It held a special place. They would pull out the Esther scroll uh, during the festival of Purim, Purim, um, which was the whole point of Esther was this Purim thing. Anyway, we're getting way deep dive into some of the historical stuff. Uh, suffice it to say this, when you read scripture, I find it supremely helpful to know the history, to know the chronology, to know how these stories fit in the larger scale of history. Well, so this also reminds me of back in, in, um, in Ruth, right? So about how these stories connect, right? So about like, why do certain people act the way they act, right? So when we see Ruth, we see Boaz and Boaz really has a heart for foreigners, right? He treats people who are foreigners really, really well um, and lets them glean in the fields and doesn't look down on them because they're ethnicity, right? Well, if you go back in time, you realize Boaz's mom is Rahab <laughs> from Jericho. Right. Right. who was a foreigner who was a woman of ill repute who got grafted into israel israeli culture and so you're like oh well it makes total sense that he would notice ruth this woman um outsider 
trying to do her best, right? That's his mom, right? So, and this, because I, I was always thinking like, you know, sometimes scripture gets right to the point and I sometimes want a little more meat on it because I'm thinking, what what is with this Persian king who's super down <laughs> with the Jews, you know? Um, but it makes sense because Mordecai becomes the right-hand advisor to um you know to Xerxes that when his son Artaxerxes is making a choice for advisor and we talked about cupbearer to the king was more like head butler kind of guy was one of the advisors right why would he allow a Jewish exile person to be that well he had a living example Right. Yeah. I also thought it'd be really cool if Esther is his mom. It does not say that anywhere. And we know that there was a bunch of women in this place. So, but it would be cool if that were the case. It doesn't say that anywhere, but. Oh, okay. So when you said, I got to go back. When you said that Darius and Artaxerxes are the same guy. Yeah. I said, no. There are there are scholars who believe that they are the same guy. Oh, okay. okay. That I mean, this, I just take your word for it, usually, Jenny. <laughs> well, well, because I can make mistakes, friends. It, it can happen. It does happen. I don't know all the things, um, but I'm willing to look it up. So I, I popped in quick to a, a Google search um, and found this thesis by a gentleman named James Jordan, uh, who says his he is convinced that the Persian kings named Darius. As uh, I, sorry, I don't actually Persian. speak Persian, friends, so give me a second on this one. Ahasuerus and Artaxerxes in the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are one and the same. Um, it says this is not a new understanding, but an examination of recent commentaries. And you have, because this, this also happens, friends, a lot of times in histories, because as leaders of empires, would conquer other peoples, their names wouldn't necessarily carry over. They would be adapted to the language of the people and the civilization that they conquered. And so you have, if if Artaxerxes is the same guy as Azureus, or I, I'm going to butcher that, and Darius, it could be that one of those is a Persian way to say it, a Babylonian way to say it, an Aramaic way to say it, a Greek way to say it. In fact, this guy also suggests that there might be a Greek... Uh, somebody uh, called Longermanus um, was the Greek version of that. So all that to say is that sometimes it can be confusing when you're reading scripture. And yeah. so often that makes us hesitate to especially want to look at the Old Testament because let's be real. The Old Testament is far more complicated uh, and and difficult than the new. That's just a that's just a fact. The New Testament tends to be a much easier read a much less confusing read. It's a shorter span of time and it's pretty straightforward as at least historically and chronologically. It's all, it's all pretty well straightforward. The old Testament gets a little dicey. However, it is vital to our Christian walk to look through and study and do the hard work of some scholarship because in order for us to fully understand Jesus in his context, we under, need to understand the context that 
led to his situation. Mm -hmm. And especially when you have Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, this is these are the this is the history, kind of the last historical books before Jesus' time. You know, notwithstanding the prophets, and there's some overlap with a few things there, but this is setting up the why the Pharisees were like the Pharisees were, mm-hmm. why there were Sadducees, why there were zealots, why you know John the Baptist was necessary, why the Essenes, which isn't a, a, a group of people mentioned in Scripture, but a, the group that um, actually John the Baptist might have been a part of, or at least adapted adopted some of the practices of the Essenes. But all of this is very important historical background because without it, we're pulling Jesus out of his context. We're pulling scripture out of its context and we're trying to apply it to 21st century um, Western civilization. And, and that's a disservice to the text. And it's a disservice to our faith to not do the hard work that's required to learn and study and look into these things. So. That was my uh, soapbox for the day. No, I love it. No, I, you know me. I'm a big, I'm a big Old Testament fan, and I'm a big oh, context fan. So, yep. And it's it can be hard, and there's a lot of confusing parts of it. That doesn't mean it's not manageable. You just got to do a little digging. It's a but, good study Bible will help with that. A good um, Bible history companion book will help with that. You got to be careful about Google searches because sometimes you'll get some, you'll get into the weeds a little bit with a Google search. Um, but there's definitely some resources out there that can help. Right. And, and yeah, and I know we haven't jumped back into, I think we're on chapter seven, five, five, five. chapter five, but to think um, God was setting this stuff up like way before, you know? Right. Um, and how, yes, it was a miracle that when, you know, when Nehemiah heard the plight of the people and he, wanted to go to the king um to and the king was just like sure yeah well i'm down with it take take my seal take some money get some trees do your thing um god had been setting that up generationally right you know what i mean like that's a miracle in and of itself right (laughs) all of these different moving parts work are working together you know and um and even, yeah, when we go in through um, Ezra about how, you know, Nehemiah is making the, protecting the physical city, Ezra is protecting the soul of Israel at the time, and reset, you know, and how that all works in tandem. And yeah, right. Just, right. Our stories are bigger than us. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but to th- and to think how people get to the places they are isn't happenstance mm-hmm. you know um if if indeed esther was artaxerxes mom or even if she wasn't but just being married to his dad yeah and like queen um that would probably allow for artaxerxes darius how, whatever name you want to give him would have given him an insight into jews especially as we believe, because we believe the scriptures are true, that the that the that this the events take that take place in Esther, the the whole Purim thing, the whole um, Haman trying to kill the Jews and the decree and all of that, the Jews fight back. That was a big thing 
-hmm. Lots of people were killed as a result of the stupidity of Haman. And so that if, if Artaxerxes is around at that time, if he's eight years old, 10 years old, um, teenager, mm -hmm. who knows? We don't know. But if he's around, he sees that he's like, hmm, I have a different understanding of Jews than he would have had if that didn't take place. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A Jewish cupbearer wouldn't have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. And we don't really know the history of Nehemiah. Like, who does he belong to? Is right. he related to Mordecai? Yeah, we never find even his tribe or lineage, do we? Just that he's a That's Jew. my knowledge. And let, yeah. I mean, I, I could look a little deeper. But, um, you know, context matters. Uh, as much as people might say, oh, I don't like history. Okay, fine. But history is important to understanding context. Mm -hmm. And context is, under, is vitally important to understanding if you... Because people try and apply the scriptures to their lives without understanding the context that it was written in, and you're going to misapply it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, we we tend to put our, to place our 21st century moral code onto ancient texts like the Bible. And you can't do that, mm -hmm. right? We live in a very comparatively comfortable civilization with all sorts of modern conveniences and comforts. And we're not, I don't have to worry day to day coming from work into home that somebody's going to slaughter me for my goods that I have or pillage and rape the people in our building. Like that, that's not a fear I have. Now there's violence to be sure in the 21st century, but not full scale, large scale, like one civilization slaughtering another civilization with swords and bow and arrow, right? Where, you know, you had to fight for your for your survival daily, where where the biggest arduous task every day was going to find water. Yeah. We don't have that. So you can't place our moral system onto 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, because you can't. It doesn't the yeah. lives don't com com commute like that. While humanity hasn't changed a great deal and, you know, survival is important, right? Well, survival is easy now comparatively. And so yeah. I don't, I can, I have the luxury of worrying about things that 2000 years ago, they never would have thought of. We talk about that as first world problems, right? <laughs> right. Um, and so we, we tend to judge ancient people based on our current system and it it's it's not helpful it doesn't right so like, oh, i'd never do that like mm. <laughs> but you wouldn't know any differently yeah because right? that's what's happening yeah right so anyway there's so much going on that's why i you know i thoroughly love digging into old testament the history the geography geography plays a huge part um Jerusalem was on a hill. <laughs> so, in fact, I was reading this book the other day. Um, it's a fantastic book. Highly recommend. It's called The Source by James Mishner. It is an epic, like, 1,400 pages, friends, so it's not for everybody, right? <laughs> As Hermione Granger would say, I picked up a book for some light reading. Uh, however, <laughs> um, they talk about they made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, and they had to go uphill for, like, the last three days of the journey because Jerusalem is on 
not a uh-huh. mountain, but it's on a hill. Why? Because cities are placed on hills because they're more easily defended when they're on hills. This makes sense. But if we don't, so when Jesus says, I'm going to go up to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. in our modern way of speaking, if I go up to a place, I'm heading north. Right. Right. Except that when Jesus is going from Galilee to Jerusalem, he's heading south. So why is he saying I'm going up to Jerusalem? Well, because it's It's on a hill. hill. He literally is physically going up a hill to get to Jerusalem. And so, again, if you don't know some of the geography and some of the chronology and some of the history, (sighs) scripture is a lot more boring and doesn't need to be boring because it's not boring. There's nothing boring about it. Anyway. I agree. Oh, friends! Uh, we didn't even, you know, it's about about that time. Only because I have other responsibilities. We're we're recording this like during the day in the middle of a, a schedule, so I've got some things I've got to get to. But we didn't even get to Nehemiah chapter five like we were going to talk about today. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. That we can take this as fast or as slow as we want, and we have all the weeks that we want. That's right. That's and right. And hey, this is episode eighty, friends. We made eighty. This is eighty episodes. Eighty. Wow. Nice. 80. So any final thoughts on today? Because I am going to have to, because of my schedule, just call call Um, it. I think, I mean, I think we pretty much covered it. Just uh, my mind was kind of blown in thinking about that. And so um, just about how the continuity of scripture works together, Mm -hmm. um, how God is just running some kind of plan that I don't even, I can't even dream about. And if he did it for Esther, Nehemiah, Xerxes, he's still doing it now right? in our lives in Absolutely. ways like we probably won't fathom till heaven, you know? Yeah. And Amen. it's kind of like, I don't know, it, it's goosebumpy, I guess, <laughs> more than the year. So there you go. Um, I guess, yeah, just consider, consider how God is working and what might be your part in it and rejoice in that, you know? Amen. Amen. Oh, good stuff, friend. I'll catch you catch you another time. Maybe yes. maybe before we record again, so we can catch up. But until then, friends, God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right, we'll catch you guys next time.